The views, information or opinions expressed during the Journey podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and does not represent Wise Words Imaging or any other company. Wise Words Imaging is not responsible and does not verify for accuracy. Any of the information contained in the podcast series is available from the respective owner. Enjoy the show. I don't usually leave unedited material out, but this interview was so unique that I had to leave it as it was. Now, you may hear me a bit muffled, but that's only because I haven't got the setup to have a proper mic and proper studio facilities. But, nevertheless, this open and frank interview between myself and Tigger was really amazing, and you will hear from both sides the real Tigger and the real David. Enjoy. The following is rated R. It contains adult language and adult content. Discretion advised. To be brutally honest, I literally started self-identifying as autistic maybe three months ago. Yeah, so and you're now 21. <laughs> yeah, and 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 so it's a bit of a journey for me. But but we can we can have a natural because I mean, the people that listen to you know about your journey. You well, to a college, you've transferred yeah. from one country to another. Well, wow. The journey, obviously, you've seen it. I have travelled to America in the last few years. I've gone to America. That's the big step. Mm. In college, even when you first knew me originally in Cornwall College. I never identified myself as autistic, even though they wanted to get me set. Yes, I seem to remember that. Yeah, yeah, it's and a long time ago for me. I'm getting on a bit, but yeah. That, well, that was 20 years ago. And I'm not going away. Oh and God, then I went to Crowe College. And I used my tutor fair, my own tutor, you know. God, that is, isn't it? That was 2004, 2003, 2004. Because I took time out from Cornwall College after I did what I did in Cornwall College. And then I went to Crowe College to start again. Well, I'd be dead nosy. How did you get to America? My wife. You've seen her. Oh, of course, right. <laughs> God, it, it, it must be... It, it, I've never been to America. I've only ever been to Nepal and, like, holidays in Spain and Portugal and stuff like that. But, my God, it must be an amazing country to live in. But, yeah. Awkward but, at the moment, I suspect. But, but talking about Germany... That's where, if you read, you know, White Walking Spaces is a white word for you in the bio, I described it as Big Journey. Yeah. Because that's why I call the podcast The Journey. The Journey, yeah, no, no, it's brilliant. I think it's brilliant. And everyone has a journey in their own life. Yeah. But I've only so, started self identifying <coughs> myself a bit more so since my wife has told me you're autistic, but Asperger's. Because I didn't want, I don't get me wrong, I've always known I've had it. Yeah. But I've been the one to put barriers up and say. Well, I, I mean, you know, I've, I've worked for years. I'm, I'm doing a lot of rethinking about terms and terminology, even about what I teach. We're looking at what I've done in the past with terms of whether I agree with some of that now and some of it I don't. So I'm on a really big journey myself because I'm thinking I don't agree with that anymore. 
I'm learning a lot about autism culture. So this morning I was chatting to somebody in Abu Dhabi, is it? It's my international day today. <laughs> Tomorrow I'm chatting to somebody in Australia, and it's all to do with the world of autism. And also I'm learning a lot from some of the awesome people I'm working with now. But the culture of autism, uh, the autistic world is changing big time. Right. And a lot of the, the, the models that I was used to, I don't agree with anymore. So mm. I'm very much more of a autism pride being, you know, aware of, of who you are and our differences and, uh, you know, and helping people accept them mm. and accept us who we are. It's not anything wrong, you know, you horrible, term, bad. You can't use the term autistic now, but can you? But can you do ASD? <clears throat> well, it's interesting. In Britain, in Britain, the professionals have ASD and ASC. But we, we can talk about this on the podcast. Yeah. Let's start it. We'll talk about yeah, asking these yeah, questions on the podcast. Because we'll, we'll talk. Edit, so I have to say, <laughs> it is really, really good to see you. What time is it there for you? Um, currently, just after quarter past ten in the morning. Oh, God. Well, okay. Well, I've, I've, I've been on a lot. So I'm going to be careful. I'm now moving on to water. I've been on, um, I've been on this morning for a couple of hours with somebody. That's Lady in Abu Dhabi. Um... We had a few technical issues. I hope we don't have any technical issues here. Yeah. But I know. Wi-Fi for you. <laughs> I know. Bear with me one second. I'm just going to open the bar. I'm just going to keep one pod in, I think. I'm just opening the doors a sec. Okay. Um, it's a day of parcels I wasn't expecting. <laughs> so. Um, I'm expecting a parcel later. The Amazon didn't expect, and then I've just got an email saying a, sh- a shirt I ordered is on its way, and I'm thinking, they're supposed to be all coming tomorrow, but oh well. <laughs> so if you're happy to start... Yeah, it's just recording, so we can start and I'll edit, and I think you can start so you can edit your side for your side, I think. Brill, 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 brill. So, <laughs> it says 4pm here, so that's great, it's supposed to be low in about 4. So, hello, fire away. As I say in Macatron, hello. <laughs> God, yeah, hello, it's been a while. Oh, and the only reason I know about autism a lot more myself is because when I was with a previous partner, you probably didn't know I was back in Pearl College in 2007. But I went back to Pearl College in two, yeah, 2006, 2007. I had a partner. And she fell pregnant and we had to do a special painting course. With, mm, um, yeah, yeah. With, uh, <coughs> didn't I see you in town? I saw you in Truro. Yeah, you Truro. I remember now. Yes, I do. I remember in the middle but, of Truro. I saw you. Yeah, that's that's when we did recently for me. But yeah, um, yeah. What's her name? Debbie. What's her name? What's her name? Anyway, she was American, and it was um basically we had to do the course through social services recommendations so that they hmm. us out. And don't mind Jamie because it is like kind of stuffy. They thought we were at risk of neglecting her. And she was put on a child protection list four months before she was born. Mm-hmm. And she was born, healthy, 10 pound ton baby, you know, lovely mm-hmm. baby. Mm-hmm. But we never really had a chance to bring her physically home as in her own name. We had to, as soon as she was born, she was on child protection. As soon as she was ready to come home, she had to go to her mother and baby. But because I was so resilient in my baby, I said, I don't want to stand by her. They had to find a mother baby and, you know, pay that mm. for me. So we mm. went to Aspen. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then we have to have the assessments. And then that failed because they didn't have the full capability of ensuring that we'd be able to be safe there. So they moved us to just outside Jesus. There's a place okay. down in Jesus area. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, was, that was 2007, 2008? 2006. 2006. Wow. And wow, a long time ago. And she's now 14. Wow. So that does make me, I was like, when I knew you back in the day, your daughter was a teenager. She was a youngster, yeah. I mean, I left that college in 2013. Mm. Um, you were still in college when I was doing that course. Because I yeah, I think I was I was based down at a place called Chagai, which is away from the main campus. Well, I um, so, so we knew each other a long, long time ago. And we bumped it. I know this is really... I had hair, didn't I, I think? Um, <laughs> that's really bad. Um, and a beard. yeah. This is this is really short now, because if I let it grow, it is pure white. Wow. And I thought, ah, no, I'll let it... I'll... it I know you can't see around my life, because I haven't got a good studio life, but my hair's been in this thing for a slightly longer than that. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, I've just, I've, I've, just, I've just accepted it gracefully. The well, beard's really it... short. The hair's gone. So there we go. Mm. So... I've shaved it all. So, yes, yeah, she was born, obviously, we had the assessments, things went wrong, but we still had to go to this college course, which is called Clinton Open and Doors Course. And um, that went okay, but hmm. because I'm not quite a slander my partner at all, because it's not fair, but she had the difficulties herself. She had mental health issues herself. I'll give one example, and I know she doesn't listen to this or even watch this, so I can say When something didn't go away, she collapsed to get attention. And for someone like me, who was not deliberately mindful of all the season, I was aware of it, and I was aware of that. But for me, it was overload. And the situation got so worse that when she was even pregnant with my I had to sort out something personally in the city centre in the bank. And I said, I've got to sort it, I've got to sort it. Out they will take further action. She said, okay. I knew she was pregnant, I expected that. And I was just going to say, after we finished with doing that, I wasn't doing She ended up collapsing in the middle of her city centre, just because she wanted to get people. Well, that is now, you said your daughter's now how old? 14. 14 that was so many years ago now and you find yourself in america which is awesome and I so you kind of i don't see my daughter don't get me wrong i've <coughs> seen many and i'm not going to say where they do find you they might block me but i have seen links. i know where she is attending school mm-hmm. i'm proud of that you've probably seen on my facebook several times how many times i've seen now many times i've been best by seeing how she's been around in school and she's also on the autistic spectrum. That's so how you're I'm, in. That's how I can now relate to autism and that, but it's a lot more. Yeah. So, the journey? Yes. America? Yes. A bit of a long way away from here. Different time zone, which I'm, I'm trying to be, be trying to keep aware of. Thinking, right, right, it's late, and I'm just checking to make sure that's it. It's later than I think for you. Well, um, time zone, and it's about. 10, 11 hours flight time. Wow. 
Um, the longest they ever flew, someone was in Nepal, and um, that that shattered me. My wife got. I mean, a couple of times, it's like, whoa. <laughs> Say again. My wife got pinned in Nepal. Oh, I love the port. It's Kathmandu and Pokhara. And I worked with individuals who were awesomely autistic and who had learning difficulties and so on. It was brilliant. Loved it. Learned a lot. But basically got used to the long air flights, which I, I didn't like. And um, got used to the heat, which I'd never had over here. I'd never been anywhere so hot in my life. Um, I was chatting. Well, it's, I, I was chatting to someone this morning from Dubai and she was saying that it was a, a cool, I think, 36 or something. And I was like, because I said, winter's starting here. It's getting a bit nippy. I've got, you know, the shorts have long disappeared. It's now autumn gear I've got on. But so we, we, we knew each other years ago. Yes. You called up on and Facebook. And I only connected up with Facebook because I saw your face. I recognised you. It was a face I was familiar with. I was seeing your work. You know, I was proud of what I've seen then. It made me intrigued more because obviously autism or ASD is not the term what it was when we were growing up. You know, you're a bit older than me. A, a, a little bit. A little bit. So we said in our preamble, so much has changed. Um, I have very recently had the self realization that I am awesomely autistic. Everybody I know that self-identifies or is diagnosed and identified has gone kind of like, yeah, you didn't know. No, I didn't. I didn't have that realisation. I kind of, somebody asked me last year who I met and he went, are you autistic? I went, I'm just Tigger. And he, and he went, yeah, you are, but didn't follow it up with me. Yeah. And so, so I've, yeah, so, so of late my journey is, I mean, you know, I, I worked, I worked at a college environment. I worked in education. I loved it. I worked with some incredibly awesome people um, and loved that, that job, that journey that I did there. I left there in 2013 and, and went to do what you see now, which is which is freelance. So I've always been involved in the autistic world. I never knew why I felt so comfortable there, but I do now. Mm. I never knew why I could go into a classroom and think this isn't right. I could understand why a student didn't like this, why somebody didn't like that, because it's just part of who I am. Oh, and now I know why. Yeah, part of my brain, isn't it? It's, it's awesomely, you know, awesome artistic. I can see things, I can sense things, I can smell things that maybe, you know, for, for want of a, a generalised term, neurotypical individuals can't. So so that's why I think I've loved the job for so long. I've been really passionate about the job that I do. Mm-hmm. And then COVID, regrettably, has hit um, our awesome planet. And now you see me doing all of this. You see me with microphones and webcams and monitors and youtube clips and all the rest of it because i've had to, to kind of reinvent myself online um because that so to speak is the way to go so freelance wise i was still teaching i was still talking to people i was working with families doing conferences all that kind of stuff all around the world of autism and related areas and loving it but certainly that journey has taken a um a leap boom in the past you know six seven months because my whole world as so many other people's did completely changed mm. Um, I was working a lot in schools in Cornwall. I was doing a lot of conference work, and it's just stopped because you can't, you know, you can't go out. You don't want to, you know, you got to be very careful of, um, you know, being safe around COVID and so forth. I don't know when it'll come back. Because when you're autistic, your mind's overthinking of COVID anyway. Oh yeah, no, my my partner would say to you that I I have researched it to the nth degree, and I think one of the things I have I have um I have a a time limit. 
with her and it's 6 p.m at night so after 6 p.m at night i'm not allowed to talk covid because i'll just go oh, i've read this i've read that and there's that research project and it's saying this and then by 6 p.m she's like mm. and i totally respect that that's my cutoff point unless i'm given permission or she asks me a question i go do you want to this is a covid answer she goes, yeah great go for it and i've gone for it then she'll go right that's enough now and i go okay so i have researched that man i think just before covid happened um before we went to lockdown in britain i think a couple of weeks before i contacted her and said you need to think about this you need to think about that please don't get scary you know what my mind's like boom and she was brilliant and i think um contagion the movie if you've ever come across it i researched it, it went good movie to watch i went okay i've seen it before already i watched it two or three times we went into lockdown whereas i've got lots of friends who've gone you, you shouldn't watch that it's really and i went no gave me a lot of information don't touch your face don't do, it, don't do that so so yes yeah, so i overthought it but i overthought covid and lots of other things because that's how i get my security i delve into it i work out the facts as i see them from various other people reptile people scientists at all and i think right that's okay i know it's coming or i know what and you've the got the testicles up in your dog as well for comfort. There was a time where you had the testicles. Hmm. I mean, that's my, I've, I, when, I, when I knew you, I had a dog called Gellert. Yeah. Uh, Collie Crossetter, he was my first dog. 10, 11, 12 years we had him. Absolutely adored him. Sadly, like most dogs, he died. And now I've got Mrs. Pebbles. You might see on the odd YouTube yeah, clip. Mrs. Pebbles is... <laughs> yeah, that's my, my partner's dog. Um, but Mrs. Pebbles and I just um, clicked from the first moment we met. I was really, I was really anxious about meeting um, her dogs. Uh, I think, which some people understand and some don't. I was thinking, if I don't like the dogs, really, if I don't like the dogs, it's going to be really difficult. Adore the dogs. There's two of them. There's Mrs. Pebbles and her daughter Bluey, who's about four years old. Mrs. Pebbles is twelve, just had a birthday. Yeah. Was she eleven? I can't remember. And um, that's bad of me. But no, no, so I use, you know, I, I'm, and I, in the video I gave the story of going to a party somewhere only about two years or so ago, and somebody said, has anybody seen Tigger? And I was under a piano with their dog. And I'm, what was I been in, like 50, 52? I was under a piano, lying on the floor, chatting to a dog, and the dog was like, hi, how are you doing, with his paws <laughs> on me. And I was, I was like tickling its neck and thinking, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I said, yeah, I like animals, I like dogs a lot, and, and not all dogs, um, but but Mrs. Pebbles, yeah, without showing that, absolutely gorgeous. And from a sensory viewpoint, her smell, yeah. her paws is like her breath. Maybe not, sadly, <laughs> she's getting on a bit. But her paws, God, yeah. It's just a feel and texture. To me, it's the smell of her paws. And the It's the yeah, it's the smell of her paws. She is old. Um, she's having some dental work done. Her breath is like whoa. But I've even got used to that now because it reminds me of her, so to speak. But no, so so for me, professionally and personally, the journey um, in the past six months or so has been huge. And I've been lucky enough, though my career has changed incredibly, I've been lucky enough to develop my online world here. I mean, I'm pointing, there's, there's, there's ring lights, there's, there's microphones, there's gimbals, there's everything I've invested in. That's the thing I'm going to get to ring lights. Yeah, they, they are. I mean, I've, I've, I've got this. Oh, can I see this here? I think I've just got it caught on cables. There's, there's, there's a ring light, right? Mm -hmm. But what I do up on my screen is a, a little LED set of lights that go across the top, and they light me up. Yeah. And then here, if I do that way, there's a microphone, and and so yeah, I invested in it and and realised that 
this was the way forward for me and this is how I was going to connect with my population people that would employ me or people that would listen to me people would learn from me people I could learn from meet people old friends so so yeah a year ago if somebody had said to me you'd do this YouTube channel you'd sit in front of a webcam you'd talk to people from across the close so I'm just adjusting the webcams it wasn't central I would have gone no don't like it don't like it at all and I brought all this stuff and it sat in boxes for about a month and I thought I don't I don't want to do this I don't want to do this and then all of a sudden boom I'm really comfortable sitting here and I really like it because I can't go to schools I can't go to colleges I can't go to conferences I can't go to families homes at the moment because you can't um and so it's yeah the so same thing when you're on a Zoom meeting because you like to meet people oh yes very much so forgive the water um but you know the personal interaction you know I'm talking to you by Zoom now but if there was any other way I would have been in flow with yeah yeah and and I mean that is weird I mean things I've found which are interesting from an from an an internet point of contact is you miss so much of the communication aspect in terms of body language, environmental awareness, but that kind of helps from a sense of viewpoint as well. But also because I'm using maybe different parts of the brain to study and to process and decode the communication I'm getting visually and audibly, I find that um, whereas I could I could go somewhere and, and teach for you know like a a whole day. On Zoom now, I'm kind of like, whoa, I'm kind of like a couple of hours, two and a half hours, and I'm shattered. Mm. And other friends I know that have entered this world as well said the same, oh, yeah, yeah, it's it's because we're not used to it. It's really time for a, that part of our brain. Mm. But I am loving it. I am loving it a lot, I must confess. Well, this, you're my third interview on and my third <laughs> official podcast with a digital person. My cool. biggest podcast has been pre-recorded stuff that I found and just reacted and put together. Yeah. But the last one before you was with Paul Irwin and Jeremy Brock, and they were the two original coaches of Castleton. Oh, right, wow. That is cool. So I interviewed them now, they started Castleton, read the idea of Castleton. So I can remember watching that when it started. But that's where my aspect is picking, because everyone used to say I was fascinated with watching Castleton. Yes, yeah, yeah, I remember that, yeah. I mean, my, my podcasts for me, it's just. I've had to do it. Um, um, I haven't. You mentioned about editing. I haven't learned how to edit a podcast yet. That's my next thing I've got to well, learn. Audio. If you've got audacity, that's the easiest one. Audacity. I've, I've, audacity. I'm looking at what I've got here. I don't know if I'll be able to. I mean, it might be if I've got video based, but I've been using um, name dropping. There are more products available. I've been using Kind Master. On my YouTube clips, and you know, I had to—I just had to do YouTube clips, sit down, and I'm only like two weeks into that or three weeks into it, and I'm learning to edit, I'm learning to put background noise in, I'm learning to change the imagery. Give me a month, the YouTube clips will be even better. I've only just started to put a little front bit in and some 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 titles. Uh, I would like to do some music. You know, you look at what other people can do, and it it, it can all be done. Amazing, it can all be done from this, can't it? Yeah, it's amazing. It's it can all be done from the phone now. Um, I bought extra stuff because I researched it because I wanted to look at it thoroughly. Yeah. And also, my partner is an actor and a voice artist, and she just books on Audible and, and so forth. And she was saying, no, you need to get a good mic, you need to get, you know, if you're going out. So I, I invested in it all and thought, right, this is what I'm going to do. And 
Yeah, as you know, I'm loving it. Absolutely loving it. Well, the reason I'm so comfortable on Zoom and behind the mic, even though I've got no physical mind, is because I spent 10 years working for a community, well, volunteers as a community radio station. Where was that? In Cornwall? Yeah. Which That's one was it? It's the one I mentioned to you when I first started talking about Chris That was it. God, yeah. And incidentally, I saw, because you're my old college lecturer, yeah. I got into Post FM, or as it was back then, and they weren't minding me dropping this motion for them. But back then, it was Penrith Community Radio. And I was with one of my other partners. So, I mean, partners, I've had over the last so many years, but I'm now stated, so much like that. Good. But I was on the bus with my partner at the time. And I was with Sauce on other night, and he's my old school teacher. I don't know if you heard of him, Alan Jones? Maybe. He was. I may be confusing the name with something else, but yeah. Well, Alan, well you think of song now, Dr. Alan Jones. Published now. Into his magic. Oh, I do know him. Just mentalist type stuff. Yeah. Tricks and oh yes, I remember meeting him years ago. I first met him on a course, yeah. and he said to us, "You just need to know about the human brain. You just need to know where the eyes look, the tone of voice. It's actually isn't impossible." Wow. And I was fascinated he, by it. God, yeah. But that's why I'm so good at Macaton. <laughs> good. As well as Mr. Tumble. Good. I mean, would you believe, um, I don't do so much marketing now, but it's starting to go on the rise again. Next year will be my 30th year as a registered marketing tutor in Britain. And that's, that's because it's older than my daughter. It's crazy. I've been doing marketing since 1991. Um, and for, when I knew you, it was a huge part of my life. I was, I was teaching. taking off more so because I Something special was only just Oh, I can I can remember going to. We used to have to go to tutor meetings in London. I remember going to my tutor meeting and them saying, "Oh, the BBC are interested in doing a program." I remember looking at other tutors going, "Oh, that'd be so cool if that happened." And the rest, as they say, is history, because that's decades old now and really cool. Well, that's and that's transformed Mackerton. That's why I identified you on the program. That's what I've been doing. Yeah. Cool, even though you're not calling. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But I've 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 loved using Magaton. I still use it when I can, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> and it's it, it was a huge part of my life. I mean, I signed for about fifteen years. There was nobody else in this county of Cornwall signing. I think I as a teacher based on it, it was just me. I always got disabled until you know adults. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was using it. Um, as a, as a, I think I was the only teacher, possibly, certainly in Cornwall, maybe Plymouth and Cornwall. I'm not too sure. There was another lady, Devon Wise. I remember her. But no, no, for 15 years or so, there was nobody else in this county doing it. Mm. So I did, you folks at college. I did evening classes. I did classes at the weekend where I was teaching people, and I was so lucky to be able to do that. And, and I think, yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting now because a lot of people that know me now see me as this guy in the autistic world. And 
sometimes we meet people. So we met someone the other day and somebody went, oh, it's Cornwall's Mr. Tumble. And I kind of thought, yeah, that's, that's nice, but it's been... But you don't great you know, dressing up Larry Fowler. <laughs> not yet, not yet. I did do... Um, a friend of mine cornered me into a fancy dress event several years ago, about four years ago, three and a half years ago. And he said, look, we're going to call it um, Come for a Run with Tigger or something. And I hunted round... Tigger in a tutu, that's what it was, Tigger in a tutu, and I hunted round for ages. I got a, like a tiger suit for Manster, which is a, a shop in Britain, yeah. and I got a tutu, okay. yeah, oh yeah, and I got a tutu, and we did a sponsored walk, that was it, and we raised money for the local National Autistic Society, which I, 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 I'm chair of, uh, in a voluntary role, and um, yeah, no, no, that was lush. Tigger in a tutu wasn't something I'd prepared for either. But it was really good fun. Well, raising money for charity, which I love. Going back to what I was saying, because I've always had the inability to process job hunting full time, part time. <coughs> I saw, you know, Alan Jones, and he said, I'm part of this community oh, yeah. thing, and it's only just started within the last year, and it might be good for you. So I said, okay, where is it? Can you tell me where it was? And he told me to meet up with my former. Volunteer manager, station manager, Dave Pasto. Yeah. Campbell, local to me at the time, which is good. And I met him in Penzance and he said, You're welcome to come here. You can be a train master. Um, at the time, it was a. Um, company. It was like a reporter, community reporter. Yeah, yeah. So basically, they gave me a microphone. Can you go out and get. Check his opinion on autism, for example. Yeah, yeah. And it's called Fox Pop. And then the old manager from there, and it's the same day passes full time, and he said, What about you doing a radio show? Because we've got someone who's going to be away one week. But I said, I'll do it. And I asked him, he said, Yeah, you can do it. So I did a cool. radio show in 2008. 12 years ago. Wow. Ten to in the morning, two hours. No, really? No script, nothing. <laughs> so I'm doing what I'm doing now, and all I had was like 5,000 types at the time in front of me, and a microphone. I was scared. I was nervous. I didn't yeah. know what to say. But it came naturally. Yeah. And then I did a few shows. They gave me a full-time show then. One hour, I moved away. They gave me a song hour. I came back. They gave me shows again. And then towards the end, the last four or five years, I was in the role of a broadcast assistant, which is a club by Temple Tea Boy, Coffee Boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've done that stuff as well, yeah. Carrying the crates and making the tea and coffees, yeah. yeah. Buying the pasties, yeah. But then it got to the stage where it actually got to be known as meeting with decent guests, shake their hands, can you answer the telephone, can you do this, can you do that? I then was given an opportunity to do training with the safeguarding of disabled adults, mm. doing training for first aid, so they gave me the responsibility of Walsh within the station that was only be suitable for a more physical person who could do more. Now, mm. it's volunteers, they know more, it's all volunteers. But they said, what about you coming in on touch them and just helping if I can't be there? And that kind of stuff, and I tend to think like a unofficial teaching I mean, I, I say to people, I say this at college, I'm sure, I think the volunteer world is hugely important. 
And you're right, like you, I, I, I can't stand writing. I hate CVs. Well, I'm not saying this is like you. This is just me. Yeah, um, I, I'm not good at interviews. Um, <clears throat> I much more would rather learn hands on. And and what you can't get across an interview because interviews just aren't made for people really they're just not right i think interviews are really bad in most of their formats they're beginning to change them at last for a newer diverse population which is lush but they're just not good formats and when people see you working hands-on seeing your skills develop and learning that's really what i can i said most people do a volunteer job because that can get you work that can be you you can interview then over a period of weeks or months can't you and I've, and but again yeah on one-to-one basis saying tell me about for example Wiltshire Francis was my first interview yeah uh, Wiltshire Francis was based in Penryn I only interviewed him because Didn't one know. community the elderly population do rely on food and if they can't go shopping how are they supposed to get food so they have to go to Wiltshire Francis so it's brilliant I mean it's, I, I like learning you know, as I'm doing something, I think that works for me. I mean, I, I tried watching YouTube clips about how to do all of this because I wanted to, like, <clears throat> excuse me, create the shortcut, do it quicker, and I couldn't. I had to sit down and do this. Um, I even, I'll even be honest with you, I did my first Zoom with me. <laughs> so, well, no, actually, what I did was I said to my partner, I was upstairs, she was downstairs watching telly with the guys and stuff, and I went, just accept on the laptop turn the screen down, turn the volume off, and I'll just be upstairs. And I did a whole hour just talking to nobody <laughs> and forever looking, adjusting, thinking what worked with it. I've got a dual screen set up, thinking where I placed it, and just just getting used to doing this. Because to begin with, I was like, I, I, you know, I look in the camera and all this stuff. I didn't know what to do. And it's, I know, yeah. And, and, and the, I mean, I've still got so much to learn. Um, but the more I do this, well, it's like most things. I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I need to do more. I need to learn more about this, this world. But I, um, did, I did radio for ten years. For how many years? Ten years. Wow. I mean, I did a radio Cornwall. I went in to be interviewed by them once, and would you believe I was petrified? Absolutely petrified. It was about becoming self-employed. There's an organisation down here called um, Outset. And they help people who want to become self-employed. They put you through, I think it's an eight-week training process or whatever. And I signed up and a couple of years later, they went, look, you're still self-employed. You're doing okay. Do you want to come and have a bit on Radio Cornwall? And I was absolutely petrified. Look at me. I'll talk for hours, yeah? Um, but and I was no, petrified. And if you do have any first, okay, because I do have to explicit on. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, no, I won't. Don't worry. Um, but it was, but it's because I wasn't used to that format. But I mean, that come on, they've got the, like you would have seen the big studio and the steps. And I was like, and you know and but now i'm getting used to this and uh and i i love it as a way of sharing information it will never beat face to face i mean i <coughs> excuse me i joke about my coffees <laughs> i've got lots of different coffee cups mugs and so on and I, yeah good and even with friends i'm saying get some cakes in and we, we we've i've done some bits where i've nattered with a coffee and cake but it's not the same. I mean, I, I'll be honest here. I, I don't know. Um, it's obviously quite complex in your awesome country there too. But I went to a, um, a coffee shop here once. Um, a lot down at ease a bit, and I just felt totally uncomfortable. And it's somewhere. That's where all my stuff come from. The autism coffee shop. 
<clears throat> which is a Facebook page I have, and Coffee with Tig, all those connections came from A, my love of coffee, but B, more often than not, if I was in a coffee shop, I was online doing stuff about the autistic world. I was talking to somebody about the autistic world, and it all revolved around coffee, and I have to confess um, that I do miss. Um, and, and this, fun as it is, I'll never replace that. I'm looking forward to getting it back. Because I've listened to a couple of your podcasts. The last one I listened to before you started doing this was the top, you know, coffee top figure, which you were fluing, and she's on the autistic spectrum. And just yeah, the yeah. With the dog's barking. Yeah, she's stop awesome. Reco- you didn't stop recording. You just, regardless, they carried on. That's what we, 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 I think we, we had to. I haven't learned to edit stuff out yet. I have on YouTube a bit, but not on this format. Yeah, but, um... Yeah. Um, I was chatting to someone this morning and a son went, hello. And another lady I was chatting to, her son went, hi. And it was, yeah, it's, if you're okay with that, if permissions are there, then we'll, we'll go with the flow. I haven't done visual based stuff yet myself. Um, as in, I've been on them, but I haven't recorded one. I, what I normally do on a podcast is I do this and I just do the audio. Well, I was, podcast, I was yeah. my edited video so you can put it on your channel. Lush, I will, don't worry. I will, don't worry. I know what it's like. Because it's a full-time job. Because I've now got a Facebook page, uh, Instagram, and YouTube. LinkedIn. And LinkedIn as well. Yeah, I forgot about LinkedIn. I'll just get used to LinkedIn again. And I have to make sure each day I do something on all of them. So every day I'm looking at Instagram. Once a week or so, I'm doing YouTube. I'm posting a lot on the Autism Coffee Shop because I love that. I love researching things and posting them when they're good. Um, starting dialogue and also doing stuff on LinkedIn. And I was chatting to someone the other day. I was chatting to a dear friend of mine. And I'm, I'm like this, yeah? And he said, you know, it's it's really bad to be on your phone all day long. You shouldn't be doing um, social media. We're talking about the, the evils of social media. So you shouldn't yeah. be doing social media that much. And I said... Well, I'm not actually doing social media when I'm working. And I went, do you want to look at my news feed? And I showed him my news feed, and I would say a good 95% of that news feed is about the autistic world. And, you always and he was like... Happen to share as well. Yeah. Even for the autistic society in Cornwall, you find stuff which obviously people like, and they just have to like, because you have to respect what you share. But because you had to put a post out saying, I would allow it to be shared by a but that's the, um, the bit about sharing stuff. Yeah, it's, so the autism coffee shop is one page. That's your and yeah, yeah, and I think that that would you believe that started from Nepal? I went to Nepal. <clears throat> a great friend of mine, who was an ex-student, got in touch with me and said, "I'm working in Nepal. I'm working in a Christian school, and here because of it's a Christian inclusive school, there are, there are students here with quite complex." issues can you help and i sent some ideas and so on and we got chatting like this on whatsapp actually and i went really i i, I do by scene and she just went well come out then and i went oh, there's no way i can come to nepal there's no way i can do that and in the end i did and when i left nepal the second time i went several times loved it absolutely loved it beautiful people beautiful country bit hot but beautiful country um i thought one way of keeping in touch with them was to start a a page and and th- that was the precursor to the awesome coffee shop it was called something else then i can't remember now it's that long ago and so i started the facebook page for them so i could send them stuff on autism about the autistic world and about communication and so forth even though they were you know all that way in nepal and it grew from that really um the that's shareable so in the past two or three years 
there's um, a national charity in Britain called the National Autistic Society. And each county, each area in Britain has a branch. And I was initially vice chair of the Cornish branch, and now I'm chair. That's a voluntary job. Um, and as that, I'm a representative of the National Autistic Society. So I have to abide, and rightly so, by their rules. And basically, basically what happens is if you if you open up anything to the public, and I'm sure you might know this, if you open up anything to the public, some people have very strong views or wish to argue, or wish to say things. And, and also if somebody asked for help, I'm not on that page 24 hours a day. And if somebody asked for help and I wasn't there, that'd be devastating. So, um, so the, 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 the guidelines of the NES are, <clears throat> excuse me, I can put information up, but, um, you know, I, it, it's, it's non-shareable. It's not editable. Forgive me, my camera and my ear pods. Um, sometimes they just annoy me a little bit. Yeah, right. Um, I have them for, you know, when I'm. I'm doing the job at the moment. I have them in my ears when I'm standing roadside. Oh yeah, yeah. Seen your pictures, yeah. yeah but um, but I, I do. I prefer them to headphones though. When I'm doing this, I really do. Uh, but but the, the NES stuff, it's it's kind of like um, a closed site. It's for sharing information because if forgive me again, if um, it, it's just to stop anybody being, you know, impolite. Unprofessional, yeah, and trolls and so on. I mean, would, I mean, this is what I find fascinating. I remember we have branch officers that give us support. Um, as I said, the, the role with the NES hat on is voluntary, and it's a very and we have a committee. And it, to me, it's very much uh, a committee led by autistic individuals. So you know, the insight, the the understanding of the autistic world is there. And um, every now and again, I get I get people from lots of um, countries across the globe saying you know they want to join and i said well look it's, it's the nes cornwall can i ask why and you know they, they don't more for not they don't reply but on i'd say poor certainly during lockdown and certainly before quite a lot of people that were not in cornwall had nothing to do with the world autism just wanted to join just uh to have another place to, to talk about some discuss stuff and i'll say to people i'm sorry it's not that kind of group it's a closed group um i mean the question there is you know do you live in cornwall are you a family member, uh, autistic, a, a professional parent, individual? That's kind of questionnaire. And um, and if you're not, then we're expected to. It's a Cornwall county-wide group. There's NES branches of their own Facebook places in Plymouth, Devon, the Midlands, you I'm know, Scotland, and so on. I'm Cornish. <laughs> yeah, well, no, that's fine with me. Um, Cornish is good. Um, I mean, there's this one exception. There's, there's 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 somebody on it who's who's a grandmother. And her family is in Cornwall, and it's good to share information with her. So when she comes from she's in France, when she comes from France, I think someone in France, then she's able to know what's going on and and, and be up to date with stuff like that. But it, it's yeah no. So one one page is very much share it and, but even so, I, I was chatting this on the other day. This bit about having dialogue on social media, um, I've seen the trolls, and there's a lot of stuff going on, regrettably in the autistic world where people have very strong opinions. And it causes friction and misunderstandings and so on, as there is in any online world. And there's an awful lot that going on at the moment, sadly, across all formats. Mm -hmm. And and even, you know, I couldn't have an input where I discussed a lot of things online because I just haven't got the time. You know, there comes a time where I have to kind of like switch off and watch yeah, a movie, you, you know. Yeah, I have to be, yeah, I just have to stop it. I just think, right, no, I can't now. But that, that to me is increasingly difficult. My partner will say to you that she has to drag me away from the phone. 
Um, and, and when you're a freelancer, which I am as well, you don't work nine to five. Um, yeah, and it's, you know, um, I'm working tonight. I've got a parents group at 7.30 till about maybe nine because um, that's how it is. And then, you know, I might chill out for a bit in the morning. Which, so sometimes I watch a movie, but I watch it at like 9.30 in the morning. <laughs> so that's weird, isn't it? You think, oh, I'll watch a movie now, and it's like 9.30. Whereas most people think they relax at like eight in the evening or something and watch a movie. Mm-hmm. But I do I do love it. I'm really, I'm really, I'm so lucky. I mean, true college where I worked was really great to me. I worked at other colleges as well. Um, yeah, and I and I was you know they supported me. I learned a lot there, which was some great stuff. I met some great students over all those years. Tons of marketing signing, and I'm and you know, if there's a world I'm passionate about, this is the world I'm passionate about, and I think that's been apparent since when I came to Cornwall in 1987. I was four. Really? Oh my god! So yeah, 1987, I came to Cornwall. Um, I and I've, I've, I've loved it. People hear you acting and they will know you're not from Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, originally, forgive me. Welsh heritage. I'm very proud of my Welsh heritage, but no accent. I love the Welsh. I adore Wales. North Wales, North Wales, Snowdonia. Hambedis, Carnarvon. <laughs> Sorry? You definitely the same with me because my grandparents, big grandparents, were in North Wales. I'm sure we've had this conversation before, yeah, you know. We have, you know, we have, haven't we? But I, then I, I was... And when I told you my story in a minute, I was saying, what yeah. happened? <laughs> well, I was, I was brought up in, in Wolverhampton. Um, but because of mum and dad's strong Welsh accent and speaking language, Welsh language at home, it kind of got rid of almost all, but not quite all, of the Brummie accents. So um, there's a bit of a, a Birmingham Midlands accent there, which people that know the Midlands go, you all can hear it. But there's a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. There's a bit of it that was sidelined a bit by mum and dad's, you know, speaking Welsh at home and stuff. But no, I, I, I you know, I, I will talk about me for ages because I'm, I'm really bad at that because I love to. Because it's concentration, so, you can talk about it. Yeah. Listening to me about me and about Yeah, so, so, I yeah. mean, tell me about you. Well, I'm David, as you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, um, Dave. I'm now 37 years old. Oh, you're not, are you? Yeah. Oh, that ages me so much. Well, when you first met me, I was officially 17. Because I only just left school. Wow. Before yeah, I was, start, wasn't I? I'll start from when you first met me. That's interesting. I did things beforehand, but they just put it down to the age of popping when I was growing up. You know, and then I went to Cornwall College. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a foundation study there. Yes, that's I did work there. That's how I met you. A long time ago. That's when I met you. In the new building, in the square building, that was a bit cool. Oh, was it really? My memory does get a bit fuzzy, I'm afraid. As you get older, it yeah. does. Just in behind, I don't know if it's still. Yeah, remember there, the building, yeah. Building. Wow, yeah, 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 yeah. And I did a course called Multi Options back then. Yep, I remember multi-options, yeah. I remember the team leader, yeah, yeah, yeah. The team leader, when I joined, was Rosie. Mm. Wow, that is going back to, that's my memory, but yes, I do. <laughs> wow, I do, yeah. Never yeah, awesome. 
never saw her again after why what happened after that. I did the first three options, <coughs> which was computers, which mm. was on why I'm good on computers, um, one other, and then the third option was art. And I was starting my fourth option on childcare. And I was at a bad stage of my life. I was because my mum's almost said, you know, Leslie, you know, I won't deny that. I was finding life difficult, I was mm. not myself to be who I wanted, I was in a sheltered life. Because mm. mum never really took me to be accessible, so I think I have autism. I was just David, David got David problems, David that, nothing else. And it was given the idea when I started college, I was possible but nothing was really done about But when I got to the full option of doing childcare, I was with so-called friends, this is probably will spark the memory as well, and they told me, I don't want to be in this class anymore. I do something. And this was in the early days of mobile phones, and you can have mobile phones. What's early days, wasn't and, it? And they told me, because can you do something? And they see me there. And because my mindset, so naively, if I was naive at the time, when I was doing it, I rang up the police and I said there was a bomb there. And the old colleague had to refer to If I didn't stick it they were, I'd have to get the bomb in. Get out. That was pre 9 11. So, Imagine if it's after 9-11, it could have been mm -hmm. a lot worse. But I said, there's a bomb in college, get everyone out. It's going to go bang, you're going to die. I did that call on a Friday. I remember the day well. My mum picked me up to get my money. Because back then, colleges had this thing called employment support allowance. No, not employment. Education support allowance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a grant which was awarded by the government of people on low income if you go to mm -hmm. five days a week to get thirty pounds. And she said, You're okay? I said, Yeah. But you need something to start because I was always very panicky looking and I didn't think I got back to college about 10, 15, 15 minutes later and the police were there. They evacuated old college. The police came up to me, Can you have a word with you? Rosie was with them as well and Trisha, the team, main team leader mm -hmm. of the foundation studies with his cousin. And they said, Can you come with us to see? I forgot who the principal was back then. Stanley, Dr. Stanley? I can't remember hardly like, anybody. I think, I think it. Mm. Like, they said, Can you come to the main principal for college? With me and Trisha. And the priest was talking to me. They, you know, did they anything? So I was unaware of what's going on. And I went to the principal's office and they said, David, we have reason to be you did it. Bombers at this college. Now we being me said, no, no, no. But they wouldn't take it properly and they arrested me there and then for bombers. And I was taken to the police station in Campbell and I was interviewed for, I was in the cell for about two hours and they interviewed me at three o'clock and they said Okay, we're gonna release you, but we want you to come back, but we want you to have 
I was suspended from, from college by that point and said, you don't want to hear, you don't want you to come back. And I went through, that was in March, and I went through that for about three months. Then to see, you know, community mental health team in Hungary mm-hmm. at the time. They assessed me as just being isolated, lonely, crying wolf, one committing. But they said, I'm no immediate threat. So Please had to release me and just gave me a formal warning at the time. Mm-hmm. And said, don't do it again, that worst person. Which was a blessing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they should have nothing. And then I moved to be with my grandparents, who were in the best room of the because I'm a bit off Snowdonia. Mm-hmm. And mum said, I don't want you to be here, go with your grandparents and with you then. And I was with them for about two months. Started college up there for a month. 9-11 happened. I came back to England. My mum said, I've had enough. I don't want you to come back home. She had moved on in her life. She said, I've had enough of you because at the time, my autistic tendencies were where I was lacking now. I'd be violent. Mm. So I had to find somewhere quick. I had friends. You know, elderly friends around me, and I do thank them to this day. And I still talk to them now because they're still alive. Mm-hmm. And they gave me a roof over my head for two, three days. And they said it can only be for two, three days. And I said, okay. And I had to go teach. I went to my school, which is just in behind the college, which is called mm-hmm. Academy now. <coughs> yeah, and yeah. I, and I saw my old, as they would call me back, the learning support system, and video. And so I want to put down your neck to make sure you don't do anything wrong. And I'd met her and I said, look, I've got nowhere to go. Without me. Even though I don't come here anymore. And I didn't go into college because obviously I was still suspended. And she said, oh, I help you. Got in touch with social surgery. I, they found me a case pretty much just like that. Left me on that same day. And I moved to the supported accommodation for people living different. It's not severe, moderate limit. And it wasn't spectrum, it was just a private place, social service mm-hmm. in the And a thing called supporting people was organised back then. Where mm-hmm. supporting people basically in old country or and they would give people money because they look at it as supporting that house. And I will be blunt about this and it is basically specific I can say. In that time I was raped in that place. I was abused. I moved to another place what they had. I was away from that person who raped me, but he's in the other house. I was told to move back from that op- second house back to the first house where my rapist was, so I could see him again. I didn't tell anyone when I got raped. I was sore, shut off from it because I didn't want to say it out. Mm-hmm. I just shut it off. And my part, I was allowed to go back to community college, but I had to start from the bottom. So I couldn't do much options, I just cut from options plus. This is the very basic left door. And I was the oldest there. And then one day I just started acting really badly. They obviously had diagnosed me as business and autism back then, but I still didn't acknowledge it. And I started getting snappy, bitchy, arrogant to people, and they said, What's wrong? And I came out with the roof, 
person who got raped me got away with it because he didn't record it as he should have recorded every section of hunting out with me. And then I moved to Crew, which is just outside Camping, if anyone doesn't know where Crew is. <laughs> Not Scotland. Mm. And there's a place out there called Bosley, like East Ramble. There is a place just past Bosley, which was for civilians, but I wasn't there. I was um, just before that, and that was private. That was not within. I was allowed to be myself. You know, I was mm-hmm. of my money for the first time. I was not told, "Here's your first ten pound a day, David." In, in, in college, I was budgeted by my support workers from the old case to ten pound a day. There's a pay packet, ten pound in that. Get yourself food. Get yourself whatever you need. If I, want I, to, I remember those I days. To, not, not with you, but I do remember that kind of system, which is. Really old, man. But if I wanted anything major, I would have had to say, Can I have X amount if I want it that? And then they would have to pay me my money. Okay, you've got to pay for example, 500 pounds, David. That's worthwhile. We can get it. Mm-hmm. And in that pay packet as well was my sold on notification to make sure I get my interest. And I'm not being mad against the person who I was living with in the original place, but the support staff was mad. As well. And I'm not going to say the names for probably other states. Yeah, no, that's yeah. But long time because I was in this really low, low mood. I didn't move. I was really down in my depression. I didn't want to do anything. They got me up by throwing a cup of water at me and a bucket of water at me and made sure I got up. It's if if there's something I've seen over the past thirty years. I regrettably it's still there in, in Britain we've had programs like Panorama and so on. I've I've had that journey in care where I've seen some people who are not there because they care. They're not they're there for power, they're there for lots of other reasons, they're certainly not there because they care. And on the whole, that's that's in the past. But it's it's I mean there was a panorama program several years ago, about seven years ago, uh, lots of laws were put in place and I think Panorama did another program last year where another care provider in Britain, another care home in Britain, and there was huge amounts of, of, of horrible abuse, water, pushing people over, being horrible to people and so on. I'm positive about the world we're living because I choose to be. Um, that's my, my mental uh, setup, but I do know that... Um, the care sector in Britain, in any country, isn't as awesome as it should be. People need training. People need support. They need to pay people, you know, the right way to do the incredibly complex job they do. And they need to ensure that people that work there are there for the right reasons. And it is, well, it, there's still people that fall for the cracks, well, and that's yeah, so, well, so and annoying. And that's how you get to meet me the second time, because I was in that supportive accommodation. And, you know, they encourage me to go start again in college I can just it's really, I cannot remember you at Cornwall College at all because about that time I was I know, moving I from Cornwall College to Truro College mm-hmm. yeah I was like yeah <clears throat> but Truro College yeah no that's that's I mean, where my, my, my main tutor <laughs> yeah that's my memory remembers us at Truro College I must confess um, but you know what something I've found and whether it's part of my particular makeup I don't know there are I call my brain a Swiss cheese brain sometimes because there are huge periods where I'm like, I just, I'm just like, I don't know, I've I'm forgotten. 
<laughs> yeah, and a lurch, a lot of cheese. And um, tea, coffee and cheese, yeah. I, I remember meeting somebody several years ago at a party and we got on really well and we're chatting. And um, another friend of mine was there and he went, oh, wasn't he great to see so again? I said, yeah, he was a really nice guy. And I went, again? He says, yeah. He says, you, you worked with him for like nine months. And I went, did I? And he went, yeah. And I went, I thought he knew a lot about me. And I went, I can't remember. And he went, you're joking. I said, no, I actually can't remember working. I worked in... Um, in a, for a care provider on, on shifts, so to speak, as the term used to be, doing shifts with this guy at weekends and during the week of that. And I thought, I can't remember that at all. Um, might be an age thing, might be other things as well. But um, so I do remember you at True College. I do remember you starting at True College. But, Just. Yeah, but then there was issues there, and that's why I had to end there. Not with me misbehaving, it was just that I had a really bad breakdown and I was. Yeah, it leads back to relationship. I was in a relationship with another student. I felt like I was being used by that person for their own need, even though it was a relationship. And I just took out person in the class. We were doing that thing, I think it's the end of term thing where it's part of the presentation to see if you can get the mark for thinking, speaking, and listening. Putting your speaking, listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had to produce like a quiz. Now, the quiz format we chose me in that part, and we did work with uh, you know, students, we worked together, and I think that's one reason why we ended up fighting so much towards the end. She wanted it a certain way. She broke up with me, and this is how messed up my mind was. When it came to that quiz, it was, why is David in a really, and I've also swear before, why is David pissed off with A, because he is, B, because he wants to be, C, because he's just had time to break his arm. I had a physical meltdown, I think I've got to down to now, hmm. because of that person breaking up with me, and they had to take me out of the classroom. They couldn't carry on with the kids, obviously, because it's a two person hmm. And they said, you know, okay, but no, I'm not. What year was that? That was 2004. And then, and then, how I got to where I am now, 2005, my grandfather died. He had Parkinson's, you know, COPD. Luckily, I was blessed to be with him when he passed. Because the weirdest thing is, my partner at the time, he was my daughter's mum, she said, I've got to go to Canada. She was pregnant, obviously, with my daughter. But she had to go to Canada. But she said, I, you know, my mum and dad will give you the money to go well. Now, back then I did the um, young person's welcome. And normally it would have cost me... I remember those. Yeah, yeah. And... They, it would normally cost me back then £118 for an open return to get to Renan and Randall. Because they need from the festival to Ollie, because I've got mm. And I said, um, okay. And I had to look at the price of And by chance, I've been stuck at them. It was a train ticket, open return, £43.50. I thought, weird, it's normally £118. Now I have to go for our air food and yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I yeah. Area, but it still got me to where I wanted. 
And I chose that ticket. Next day I had a phone call on my phone, because I still had a phone, this was obviously when I was allowed to have a phone again. Yeah, can you come to North Wales? I said, I'm already in North Wales, what's up? This is a spooky Gwyneth, your grandfather is, and I knew he was, because last time I saw him, he only just got readmitted into hospital. So, can you come to the hospital? Can you bring your grandmother? She said, yeah, why? She said, can you come in? I was just like six o'clock in the morning. I only just got mm. there like four hours, five hours previous. I said, okay, so I knocked on them before. I said, man, you've got to go to the doctor. It's not good. Because you always used to be not seeing how you are. Um, she said, okay. She was out there herself. And then you had to then transport, comfort yourself. And we was there from about eight o'clock, because it takes an hour from where Nan was to the hospital. Doctor spoke to Nan, they spoke to me by myself, obviously my assistant, I know most medical gardens. Mm. And I said, no, it's not good, can you can't get your mother up. So I was on the phone for about three, four hours. This was before me and mother stopped talking. And she said, why? I said, not looking good, granddad's not going to make it. Well, I can't get there, I can't get there. I said, yes, but you need to be there. She said, I can't be there. And I remember about 5.20, I was on the phone to her. I said, can you get it? I'm fine, my arguments, I can't be there. Five minutes into my grandfather's time. Mm. And I was with him. Now, that was my second major meltdown. Because I've always been close with my grandparents. Mm. When they said, there's nothing else we can do, because I knew in that last hour, it was going to be very close. And he knew I was there, because I was sitting in the seat, so he knew I was there. Because he kept moving in the way. That's my mm. When they declared it, Nan started trying to leave the room. I just stood there open and I was trying to move myself. And I said, you're going to be a great granddad. Because up to then, Nan knew he was going to be a great grandma. But my grandfather didn't. Mm. Right, yeah, yeah. And I said to him, he's lying there, but he's going to be a great granddad. That was on the 18th of August, 2005. Six months and a day later, my daughter was born. And he was there when she was born, he was raising the bunting. So, for that six months, you know, it's other than months, six months following, I was in this bubble of granddad's going to come back, granddad's going to come back. He was there when she was born, raising the bunting. And I cried again. Mm. And then obviously we went to the rough, you know, political update stuff of social services, because I don't want to be the plan mm. But we had to go through that. We had to go through six, seven months of that. And when she did get, you know, final screening, she went to my ex-partner's sister, so her auntie. And the first person she saw when she came through that door, because we went to that, you know, her sister's place. By chance, we didn't expect her to come back so soon. We knew she was out, but we didn't expect her to come back that day. She reached out and wanted me. She didn't want her mum, she wanted me. So she's like, open arms. And then, Nan died eight years ago. So I'm jumping a bit, I feel. Mm. 
It's a stable ground. I did the radio. That was my stable ground. So like, mm. That's why I don't respect on the song as my stable ground. But eight years ago, my nan died. I was in the West Midlands myself at the time. I was in Bartley Green. I was informed that nan was dying because nan called me that Monday and said, I haven't got much time. I'm not going to be here by the end. I laughed it off. I said, no, you're going to be fine. Mm. Now, that was my advocate. Because I didn't want to accept it. And I was more aware of Asperger's, but I still wasn't that keen enough to work Asperger's, but I know it's Asperger's in the day. Well, by the first day, yeah, um, I had a phone call to grandma. I said, what you hear? My first biggest meltdown. I was putting stuff away in the ex-partner's fridge and freezer. I just collapsed in the ground. I couldn't do anything. That was my worst one. And she came out because she heard me drop something. I think I was holding, not luckily, I was holding something. She heard it cross and came out. She said, What? I said, She's gone. She said, What? I said, Yeah, she's gone. She didn't meet her. She knew of her. Hmm. And I said, She's gone. And I said, I don't know what to do. Because the two links that came me stable for so long in my life, because I'm not being my mum's busy, but my grandparents get me more stable than anyone else. It was like, wow, my barriers are gone. My security is gone. I can't mm. touch Nan now. I can't say, Nan, help me. Nan, talk to me. So that's where wise ropes for you at the time came in. You know, the page to right walking broken wide ropes for you. Hmm. at the time known as wise words for you. She wanted me to do something good for the computer. She always thought, fix computers later time. I started a journey. I started a blog. I started writing things as a page like you did with your coffee shop. Hmm. I wanted to inspire people. Because my ethos of this page now, and I'll read you the full description how it is now, but the original ethos was you see so much negative on social media. So why not share positive words with you? Share Very true. You. Very true. Yeah. So I think it's 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 difficult as individuals, any individual, but when somebody has had a major impact upon your life isn't there anymore, it is really hard. I was very close to my nine and tide, which is you know that Welsh bit for, for yeah, nine and tide is very close to my mind and nine and tide. And was devastated <clears throat> their loss, which is many moons ago now. And um, and you may have seen on social media, I, I lost my mother um, six, seven weeks ago. Sadly, during lockdown, um, she was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And so she's no longer around. And it, it's very weird because they're pivotal people in your lives, obviously. And you're like, well, you know. They always associate a person as a key person in their life. My key people were my nan and granddad. Hmm. So, I'll read you the ethos as it is now. This is, mm-hmm. We've merged it as white walking squares with white squares for you. In 2012, after losing his great late grandmother, Dave, I wrote this as a third person, so I didn't want to make it. Happen. Yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. 
David started blogging on blogger.com and created the then named Wild West Reunion. In the early days, David treated this blog as an online diary to frame many elements of his interest. And this is where I started recognizing my own when I wrote this blog, of which was related to his diagnosis of ASD, commonly known as Asperger's syndrome. He was a very shy, reformed man who had the success in public degrees now. I say it's it's that Swiss cheese bread, but I can just remember. I can remember you at the front desk one day and chatting to you there. I see, do you remember chatting to you in the hallway by the staff room. There's a little flashes of memory I've got when we first got in touch. I was thinking, oh, I remember this. I remember that. And then there's huge bits of. I can't. But please, please carry on. So he was a very shy, withdrawn man. I don't like using it, hmm. but what they used when they let me off was the warning for what I could see from the crossroads that was thinking inadequate. Like I said before, thankfully, terminology, understandings, words, ideas, they're thankfully moving on to 21st century. And they need to. Yeah, no, no, go in. Being socially inadequate is I was basically me at the time. I wasn't going anywhere. I kept myself to myself. I was because I'm so used to being in my own bubble. My mum always kept me in my room. I never was involved in being in front room. I was never involved in going to social stuff. I was never involved in doing anything because mum was so protective. It's, I'm just thinking there's some there's some memories I'm sure coming back of. Oh, I can't remember. It, it, so, because you, you, things are going in my brain. Oh, I seem to remember this. I seem to remember that. I seem to remember standing outside college. Oh, this is really weird, but with a vanilla milkshake from McDonald's. Don't ask me why. I have no idea where that's come from. But I seem to remember standing outside the front of college and we're having a natter. And I, I, I think I've sloped across and I've got a vanilla milkshake or something from McDonald's. Must be my break. Um, no, forgive me. That is going back a bit, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. So, at the time of creating blog, I was only two years into doing a voluntary work at the radio. So David volunteered his time into volunteering for a small community radio station based in Penzance, called Penzance Radio. David thoroughly enjoyed this, as it was a place that accepted him for his ASD and anxiety issues, which is in this Um, related to being socially inadequate. He continued his blog and realised over time that it was being reached a variety of people decided to spread to and thank his former tutor, Alan Jones, about finding and writing blog posts. So he said, if you find other posts, not just about you, just find other things that will get people's attention. Mm-hmm. That would inspire people. This was the thing that made the difference and David saw the numbers grow. So when I first started, it was only like, Ten people reading that one post, and it was very small. It's like over twenty and fifty people read now. <laughs> so, yeah, I and it is, when you get into this social world, you're looking at the numbers as well, which is something I'm bad at. I must confess. Um, David would be honest to say that he enjoys this venture, and very rarely would share his enthusiasm with anyone. So that means being here, saying this is mine. Do not touch. Pause. Off. Back mm. off. Do not. So, in 2016, we met Melissa, or as we call her in social media, Cosmic Star Century, like my wife, or at yeah, the time, yeah, yeah. she too enjoyed the love of being inspiring, 
and only after a few months David gave her the option to be part of the blog. So I trusted her in that first few months of talking to her to be part of my life and mm. keep her in that circle. He also decided to rebrand the blog to reflect his commitment and trust in the to White Wolf Inspiration from YCS for you, which it is now. In 2017, David also took a big step in overcoming his social anxiety. But if it's our I don't really think. But it's been a trip on the plane by Luke Airport, Dublin Airport, the JFK Airport, and then on to Pittsburgh Airport. Wow, that's the bit I find like, wow. Because when you first got in touch, I was like, where are you? And I was like, wow, that is that is some journey, isn't it? That's a, a continent, culture, everything. A total rough distance of 3,549 miles. Wow. And Pittsburgh is the nearest big airport, and that's about an hour from where I am. Um, where we then got off the train and met Melissa. The magic of love had drawn them together, and in this short moment of time, David knew Melissa was the one. And so on her birthday, by chance, they made inquiries about how easy it would be for them to get married. So we only knew each other a year. She was as others in to me, but got people around in that box. By chance, we went to the place where you get registered, and they said, Yeah, you can get registered. You can get so on that same day, we got married. Wow. <laughs> wow, that is cool. And that is that is some huge journey. So, All those years as well, but especially the last few. So by this time, it's getting close to the end of the in life and what America got to offer. I was only there, yeah, originally on a temporary physical permit. And David often called it the American dream. But something stirred in the arts of David a couple of days before he left. And Melissa saw tears in me. So I was crying because I was in that emotional state and I've got to go, I don't want to mm. go. It's like when I used to see my grandparents, I used to mm. hate leaving them. Yeah. He explained he didn't want to leave her and he wanted to stay with her as he loved her so much, loved being in America. He said to him, then immigrating. And Melissa's obviously got this ability to grab, as far as she knew most things about him, so she was a state, so forth. So she said to him, immigrating, so she did. Now, as you know, Kate can be very smart. And after finding her website, and this is still good for her, not wanted to say this, but this website called Rapid Visa. Yeah, yeah. And Rapidita will take care of your case, you give them money, they like the thing that helps you prepare paperwork, it's the middleman ground where if you struggle with things, they work for you and they will go through things to give you and make it easy for you. Really good service. Yeah, it sounds good, yeah, yeah. I'll get that drink in the podcast and YouTube with the But they decided to go for it. By this time, David was back in the UK and was speaking to Melissa frequently on FaceTime as he was able to out remotely and do the necessary paperwork that was sent to himself and Melissa by a team crew. Because I've been doing team crew and lots of the radio stuff. He's team crew. Yeah. He said, I've got paperwork. I was going to say, listen, can you log on to the computer? I can look at you. This was a very first testing time for him both, and often it was frustrating. But after three appointments in London, including that chapter assessment, because they had to make sure I was the off-sound line, they received the email confirming that they were eligible to immigrate to Wow. But the thing is, in its two years or six months, next couple of weeks, I think, it's next week or something, they said, um, they're sitting at the psychiatric appointment, they said, how do you want to be with your wife? I said, she's nothing later. 
and to forgive me for against me, you have wronged me. As the report comes back, yeah, that's okay, it's now being sent back to the evil, you know, mm. immigration. It enters in London, in Liverpool. And within that time, congratulations, here's your visa. A recap when she promised that I was better. So she wow. managed to persuade herself in Britain. That's lush. So David and Melissa come to live in this level, which is where I'm now, and both regularly contribute on this case. Various subjects and also on their news streams, and this is also a podcast, and I have to remember it. Entitled to guess it, and it was at the time to write it, but it's now the journey. Yeah. Um, the blog in recent months has continued in its form of inspiring others, courtesy of many talented inspirational people, as well as talking about David's love of many subjects. The core value is to educate and inspire you all. So if you are disabled, young or elderly, be sure to share why you're I mean, the journey. Wow. You know, I mean, I, I had the chance a long time ago to, well, discuss the idea of going to Australia. But you know what? I was too afraid. I thought there's there's too much in Britain. <clears throat> um, I look back on it and think, yeah, I could have done maybe, but I didn't. And I'm really happy where I am now. But um, but God, what that, is, that is some to, journey. But what held me back? Fear of anxiety, fear of Asperger's, fear of autism, fear of... I've got nothing to say stable because you know America you know, any country I'm not just saying America, every country wants someone to come and do something good for that country. I was thinking, mm. what am I gonna do good for America? I'm not gonna to get to be America because of this or that. I'm over that. Melissa luckily was supportive. She said, You will be, you will be, you will be. Mm. Her dad was alive at the time. I kept seeing him on Facebook and she kept seeing him at the time. He had mental health as well, but he kept saying, when he coming in, when he coming in, because he liked me. Mm. Now, he didn't lose it with that, he was with her mum and sister, but he was a bit nursing and he was until he died last year, and I was there for Melissa. But mm. I was, that shows how strong I've got in my own mm. But I was feeling wanted. For the first time in my life, I was wanted for who I was. You know, when I first came here, I was wanted for me. Yes, David, got a lovely accent. I'm glad you had him. Thank you, British accent. But, but that, I think, is, is gorgeous, what you said just there. You were wanted and known for who you were. And I think that's um, that's what everybody wants, but we often denied it, aren't we? And I think for to have that strength relationship, to cope with major life changes and not having the meltdowns, um, having the anxiety issues that go along with it, but or finding ways to to, to cope with them, to overcome the anxiety issues, it, it it just shows how far your journey has come. I can remember when my when my nine died, I was devastated. I think I went away and walked in the Welsh mountains and camped for two weeks because uh, I just had to get away. You know, I just had to get away from everybody. I wanted to be on my own. That's one point I want to When Nan died, I was there when she got. You know, mm. but I never had the time to say goodbye. Mm. Wales is the place of my art always. Oh, so with mine. And it, it's really difficult at the moment because, as I, I said, my um, my parents lived, my father's still alive, in a place called Conway, which is in North Wales, down from Snowdonia a bit. Because of the current pandemic climate in Britain, let alone the world, um, they've just gone into lockdown. 
quite a major different kind of lockdown to where we are. So seeing, going to see um, him is now really difficult because there's a lot of um, rates of infection there and people uh, testing positive for COVID and so forth. That we were, I'm going to give him a ring after this. We chatted there and I said, look, Dad, I don't think we're going to be up till after Christmas. And that's a long time. You know, I know you're further away, but I'm just thinking, you know, it's like you, Wales will always be a very, very, very important part and to my soul and to my life. Because I knew the Welsh language. And I adapted myself to Welsh. That was my main... I can't... Yeah, I adore, I adore Wales. I absolutely adore Wales. I can't get enough of it. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot... I mean, the pictures here aren't of Wales. There's a picture in my main room. It's of, of the Snowdon Range and Llanbedys Lake. And it's just a painting from an old railway thing which I got as a print and I just sit there and look at it sometimes and go you know I've got bits of slate on my shelf that come from Snowdonia I picked them up and I've gone on taking that's a bit of slate from my father words at the quarry yeah I'm putting that down but but it it just I'm gonna have to go in a minute forgive me but um we've been on for ages but it's but the journey is you know you come to accept who you are that's what I've been for and that's what I want people to thank you it, it's it's a journey that's that feels like it's just started because because accepting that i'm awesomely autistic but all those years that people i've met the the jobs i've done and almost everybody going yeah you're autistic didn't you know and i go no i didn't know i was awesomely autistic but uh and for whatever reason it's not known but the insight now has happened with the help of my awesome partner as well um it's brilliant yeah. Carry on being inspiring. Be the way you are. That's the best way you can be. That's and it's great to keep in touch as well. It, it was fantastic and, to hear and, from you. And being to the TikTok. No, you never did say your real name. Well, would you believe? Um, I said I was late because of a guy dropping off a parcel. And he said to me, great name, mate. And I said, yeah, I changed it legally 23 years ago. So 23 years ago, I went to a Slitters in Truro. I cycled there from where I lived in Probus at the time. And I went, I want to change my name. And they said, to what? I said, Tigger. Because people have called it me for years as I used to do some outdoor stuff and I used to run a lot and I'd be bouncing up and down country lanes with a head torch on running home and it just stuck. And I went, I want to change my name. So it's, it is actually my yeah. legal name. Yeah, it is actually my legal name is Tigger. So it's on the passport and um, all my legal documentation. And people, people go, really? I go, yeah. And they don't believe me. And I go, no, so, I mean, to, no you don't have to say you're <coughs> Um, but was your original name begin yeah it was it was it was terry my birth name was terry the story is that um there was a gap of about 11 years or so between myself and my brother so i was i was an unexpected um little person arriving but i was born two months premature i was born and i weighed just over two pounds and so i was born early and in those days this is the mid 60s technology was great but not as good as it is now but mom and dad were told look he's not He's not going to make it. And mum was convinced it was going to be a girl. And my Welsh name would have been Sean, which is a beautiful name. Welsh for Jane, I think. Beautiful name. Yeah, lovely name. And when I was born, and they went, oh, it's a boy. Apparently on the incubator, I was hitting the incubator with my fists and with my feet. And one of the nurses went, oh, he's like that boxer. And apparently at the time, there's a boxer called Terry something. <clears throat> and they were told by the, by the guys in the hospital, you know, name him now and we'll get the minister to come in and do it because he's not going to last till the morning 
And the rest is history. I decided, you know what? I am going to last. And here I am all those decades later. But I never felt that Terry was my name. So when people started calling me Tigger as a nickname, I liked it. I adopted it. And one day when I was going through quite a major change of who I was and thinking on what I need to be and reinventing myself, whatever terms you want to use, I suddenly thought, everybody calls me Tigger. Nobody calls me Terry anymore. That's all from, you know, my past uh, up country and stuff. I can name this wife. Because I'm lying. I don't know my word. I was born in 1982. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we, we, so we, it, it just fitted for me as it does for you. It fitted with me. And then one day I thought, you know what, I'm going to change it. And I did. I don't think I told anybody at the time. I think it cost the amazing sum of £34.76, something crazy like that. And they went, yeah, come back in a couple of weeks, we'll have the certificates for you from the solicitors. And then you have a main copy and you send out these copies to like your doctors, the NHS, um, you know, um, birth certificates, passport. And I changed my name. And you know what? I've, I'll finish on this because I do have to go. So I've got, I've been Zooming all day. So I've got one more to do tonight, but yeah. <clears throat> I can feel my voice feeling the strain. But um, when I landed in, in Nepal, in Kathmandu, I was really frightened. I was really scared. And I walked up with my passport on my rucksack and I bought some bags for the clothes for the kids we were working with and stuff quite a lot on me and I kind of walked up there and I went to the passport office and gave my passport and this woman looked at it in the most beautiful English she went to me wow were your parents um did your parents like Winnie the Pooh and I was so amazed I just went yeah in perfect English I didn't expect it and, and I went yeah they didn't she went lovely welcome to Kathmandu welcome to Nepal and I went thank you namaste and off I went. I'll never forget that because that was like, wow, I can't believe that. It was like, wow. But I, this has been lush, forgive me. I've, I've got to go, but we can but natter I'll again. Send, Keep in I'll, touch. I'll send you, you know, I need your email afterwards. Oh, yes, I'll send it. I'll send it now, yeah. Send the video and um, the audio. You can share it on your podcast, your YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but thank you. So we can natter again off podcast and say hi to each other best of luck with everything over there and really keep being you as well yeah and you keep being you it's it's it is a journey and i'm i'm lucky to have the support of so many awesome individuals to know so many awesome individuals and it's a journey i'm awesomely lushingly so carrying on with i keep drinking my coffees as well because it keeps me on <laughs> yeah. take care and right, forgive me for going but i'm on again in a couple of hours okay. look after yourself all right thank you for everything okay. take Bye. care man Bye. Bye.